Hey there, welcome to this Real Life Church podcast. In this podcast, we're making our way through the New City Catechism. The New City Catechism is a a series of 52 questions and answers that really encompasses all the foundational beliefs of the Christian faith. So if you wanted to know what are the Orthodox uh, Christian teachings, yeah, the New City Catechism, I think, does a pretty good job of covering the whole range of those things. So it talks about God and the law and sin and mankind and redemption, uh, the work of Christ, the person work of Christ, I should say, and uh, the Holy Spirit and growth and grace and so forth. So we're making our way through this catechism, and I haven't covered this ground for a little bit, so I thought I might uh, just throw in this uh, little bit here. But the word catechism simply means to teach or instruct orally. So sometimes people have, uh, I, I think, have a negative view or maybe even somewhat of a hostile view to the word or idea of catechism when they really probably don't even know what it means. They, they, might, they, they may have heard uh, that so-and-so was catechized as a kid and it made no difference in their lives, or maybe they were even catechized in, say, the Catholic Church or the Lutheran Church or something like that, and it really uh, didn't make much of an impact in their lives. Um, But the word catechism just means to teach orally or instruct by word of mouth. And typically a catechism consists of questions and answers, questions that then there's a short answer uh, stating the doctrinal position that scripture teaches. And uh, so that's what the New City Catechism is. Uh, It's a modern catechism, so it takes from some older confessions of faith and Um, and puts it more modern language. It's very, very helpful. And I think it's a resource that's needed more and more in our day as um, confusion and um, biblical uh, illiteracy seems to abound in in our society. And so I think Christians would benefit tremendously by going back to a catechism like this and uh, making sure that the foundation is laid uh, solidly. Okay, so we're, we are uh, going to cover today question 23, question 23, and this has to do with the kind of redeemer that we have. Um, question three asks this, why must the redeemer be truly God? The answer is that because of his divine nature, his obedience and suffering would be perfect and effective and also that he would be able to bear the righteous anger of God against sin and yet overcome death. So why must the Redeemer be truly God? Well, maybe we need to start with that. The Redeemer is truly God. There's a perpetual error that people make, and it's been around for about 1,700 years, and maybe uh, maybe 1,650 years, and it's called the Arian heresy. The Arian heresy is named after a man named Arius, and it is the the error that says that Jesus Christ is not truly the eternal God. So Arius said something like, there was a time in which Jesus Christ was not, or there was a time in which Jesus Christ didn't exist. Of course, the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is eternally God. He always has been and always will be. And so there's never been a time in which Jesus didn't exist. Of course, he took on human flesh miraculously in the incarnation while still remaining God all the way. 
he was he was God through and through, and he was when he took on flesh, he was man through and through. In one man, there were two natures: a divine nature and a divine and a human nature. But the question today is, uh, why? Why must the Redeemer be truly God? And our answer gives a few reasons. First, because God requires perfect obedience, which must come from a perfect heart with perfect motives, aimed perfectly at the glory of God. And of course, no mere human being can do that. But Jesus Christ is no mere human being. So Christ, by the power of his divine nature, was able to offer this perfect obedience to God. Furthermore, because Christ is divine, his obedience is also effective. In other words, it perfectly fulfills the law of God. Jesus Christ said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And of course, he was able to do that because he is no mere man. He is the God-man. He is divine. He is truly God. But Jesus Christ did not only obey perfectly and effectively, he also suffered and bore the wrath of God against sin. And only God could do this. Only one who is no mere human, but also truly and fully God could do this. How could a mere man bear the full weight of the wrath of God for sin? I mean, bearing the wrath of God for the sins of all of his people, no mere man could do this. But Jesus took the cup of God's righteous anger and he drank it all the way to the bottom. He drank the entire cup on the cross where he suffered and died for us. And then, of course, on the third day, Jesus conquered the grave. And this is important for us to understand. Because Christ is God, the grave could not keep him. It was not possible for death to hold him. This is the power of Christ over death. What did Jesus himself say? He said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He has resurrection power because he is God. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, of course, those first two words, I am, point us back to Exodus 3 and God who met Moses and appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Jesus is the I am God. He is I am. He is Yahweh. And he is the resurrection and the life, which is why death could not hold him. This takes us to our scripture passage for question 23, which is Acts 2.24. And it says this, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. So why must the Redeemer be truly God? Here's the answer, that because of his divine nature, his obedience and suffering would be perfect and effective, and also that he would be able to bear the righteous anger of God against sin and yet overcome death. Now, if you are in Christ, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that answer is glorious, and it is gloriously true for you 
all the way without qualification. He did this for you. He obeyed and suffered. He bore the righteous anger of God and overcame death for you. Praise his name.